I love that video. I just love the words of that video. And as much as we're saying, God, build your house as we're regathering and building the church and the big church, watching what God wants to do with the big church in, this, in the global commission to see lives come to know him, God is speaking today. I want to bring a message about building his house here, which is the foundation that we're going to take it to this heart space of saying, God, build your house here in my heart and my life. And last week we looked at the question, why do we need saving? What is wrong with the world today and how do we fix it? Why are we lost and why do we need a savior? Well, here's a positional wrestle that many of us have with the gospel. It's very clear and very straightforward. There are two kingdoms only. The kingdom where we belong to God or the kingdom where we belong to Satan. That's the truth. There's only two kingdoms. But we work to create a third kingdom, a neutral space. Now, there's a helpful truth. Even when worldviews are presented to us, which essentially is that third kingdom, that neutral space, not one worldview is the gospel that Jesus lived and taught. Not one of them deal with position. So let me explain. The problem with different worldviews is this. They do not hold the power and are not worthy to move us from the position of being lost to being found. They can, however, move us from being doing bad to better things. They can move us from being ignorant to more informed. We're in a society where information is everywhere. They can even move us from thinking of ourselves less and thinking more of others. But none of them can positionally transform us from sin to righteousness, from bound to free, from slave to sonship, from dead to alive, from lost to found. And that is why the Bible tells us over and over the possible length in the scriptures it brings to us to show us the glimpse of God that he is fully trustworthy, fully sinless, exclusively capable and exclusively worthy to be our master, king, and father forever worth serving. For God is love. Say that this morning. God is love. And you can write that on the chat. He loves us and he is with us. And as I was praying about this message from going from lost to being found, I was just asking God, what would be the message today to bring? And I really felt in my spirit that God wanted to bring a message of comfort. He wanted to bring a message of comfort and peace and encouragement to your spirits today. In a world where we are filled and we see so much chaos, division, confusion, weariness, uncertainty, upheaval, we are so very lost. We are lost. We need to move positionally in this heart space to be truly found. To be truly found, we must be found in the love of God. The greatest foundation for transformation is in and through the love of God. We hear that God loves us, but do we believe it? We hear it. We say it. 
but do we believe it? To be found, we must experience, know, and believe the love of God. And from this place, transformation will continually take place. To know our position in this world and our purpose, we must be found knowing the presence of God. And that is why God's presence always comes before our position in God. And that is why even in the Build Your House series, we started with presence being the foundational stone for God's presence always comes before our position in God. Now the enemy works relentlessly and ruthlessly to switch this order. And it doesn't matter how many years you've been serving Jesus. This is a constant struggle. He works ruthlessly to switch this. He lies to us and tells us to work for our position to become worthy enough of God's presence and love. I'm going to say that again. He works ruthlessly and relentlessly and lies to us and tells us to work for our position to become worthy enough for God's presence and love. This is a twisted lie. God calls and invites us to fully come into his presence and to be found in him and to have a deep, deep revelation of his love for us. For his perfect love, his love is perfect, and his perfect love casts out all fear. Fear of rejection, fear of unworthiness, fear of not being good enough, fear of being seen for who we really are and not being loved, fear of being invaluable, insignificant, or unlovable, or a lost cause. Only from his love alone can we walk confidently and securely in our position. And what is our position? We are loved by God himself, chosen by God, and we are his, and we are known by him. Everything must be rooted and established first and foremost in the love of God. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19 declares this profound truth about the power of God's love. So I'm going to read this this morning. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Knowing his love fills us to the measure of the fullness of God. What a powerful line in this scripture. Through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to grasp the immense love of God and to know this love, to be filled to the full measure of his love. This is beyond profound for our finite and limited minds to comprehend. The fullness of God is found in his love. The fullness of God is found in his love. The fullness of God is found in his love. God is love. God always loves. God chooses love time and time again. True love chooses. God is truth and God has chosen you. 
From the beginning of Genesis and all through scriptures, we see the countless example of God reaching out to have man know and love him. And the gift of Jesus is the ultimate reflection of God's love. And we learn the scripture of John 3, 16 to 17 early in our faith journey. But let's just take a step back and just reflect on the powerful words from the word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him should be saved. Right from the beginning of time, God's desire was us to be known and loved by him, and that we would never be separated. There are too many moments in scripture to recount and confirm this truth. But I'm just going to start today with a scripture in Genesis at the very beginning and a scripture in Revelation at the very end. In Genesis, God creates man. With his very breath, he breathes into him the breath of life. Everything else was created, but man received the breath of the living God to live. God walked with man in the cool of the day. He intimately made himself known and partnered with man right from the beginning, even bringing the animals to Adam to name. I've read this portion of scripture many times in Genesis 2.19, but I just want to read it today because I took a moment to just reflect on it. It says this, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. I just took a moment. I just imagined what that moment would have looked like. You know, God creating this beautiful animal and looking at Adam and saying, Adam, what do you want to name this one? And Adam names it and they release the animal. And then God's like, let's do this again. Okay, here we go. I'm going to build something. I'm going to make something else. Let's do this together. And the beauty, the joy, the intimacy, the partnership right from the beginning, we have this image of an intimate God with us. And that image is so powerful because images they go right into that emotional space and evoke a response. God wants you to see these moments through scripture and just take a step back and to imagine it. So your heart, it's not just something we read and gets caught in the mind, but it goes right to our heart and we have an emotional connection. Right from the beginning, he has been with us and loves us. In Revelation now, we jump over to the very end and we see God himself make all things new and wipe every tear from our eye. I just want to stop here and let you know, every tear has been accounted for. Every tear. He will wipe every tear from our eye. What a beautiful, intimate picture of the God we serve. Wiping every tear from our eye. I want to read this scripture. I love Revelations. It says, Revelations 21, 3 to 7. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, I get really excited. It's just a warning. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne, this is God, said, 
I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Hallelujah. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Woo, yes. Put your hands. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. I will be their God. They will be my children. He created us in the fullness of his presence right from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. And he will once again bring us to the fullness of where he dwells at the end, completely unveiling his majestic power and glory in his holy city with him, our king and father. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is God's love story for us. To find God, to know God, we must know his heart and believe his eternal love for us. He wants to reveal this fresh to us today. No matter how many days you've been serving Jesus, he wants to reveal fresh to you today his inexhaustible love and unconditional love. It is not capable of being used up, has no expiry date, is incapable of being worn out, has no limitations with conditions. God's love is an absolute perfect perfect promise for you and I. For being found is about someone, not somewhere or something. For God loves you. Amen. God has always loved you, even before you were born, even before the world was created. I know that I can get lost in my own insecurities, in my own inadequacies, needing to prove my worth even to God, even to God. And when it comes right down to the truth of the matter, when I get caught in this snare and start moving from this place, needing to prove and strive and earn my worth for God, I am not living from a place of unconditional love in God. And as I share these words today, may they go personally right into your heart and just ask God, God, give me a fresh revelation right now of your love for me. I want to be filled with your love. We've heard this message time and time again, God loves us, and it's easy to sweep over it. But if we do not live from a place of being fully loved by God, knowing and believing we are fully loved by God, we will find ourselves in a toxic, sin-infused, earning and striving cycle. We each need, all of us, a constant, ongoing revelation of God's love on a daily basis to anchor us and secure us in an insecure and constantly shifting and changing world. For God has set his love upon you and upon me. Before you were born, God knew you and was loving you. He has designed each and every one of your days and has written them in a book, and it tells us that in Psalm 139. All that he's done is driven and guided by his infinite love for you. Before you were born, God knew your identity. Before you were born, he knew your design. Before you were born, he knew you individually as his own. God's love for you has created a life with a purpose just for you. Now that can be hard for us to believe because we can be fully feeling insignificant in this world and we see our brokenness. 
It's hard for our hearts and minds to wrap ourselves around this truth that such an awesome, mighty, infinite God that knows everyone and everything from the beginning of time to the end of time and beyond knows us, loves us, and sees us individually and uniquely. It's the truth. For God chose you. I want you to hear that today. God chose you. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he still chose you. He chose you when you were the furthest away from being worthy of this gift. It tells us this in Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us and provided forgiveness while we were still sinners and far away from him and his heart. I feel in my heart today that some in this room, some watching online, may be really struggling at this point in this message because you've had difficulty forgiving yourself. It may be something that you're dealing with presently or something that's been in your past that you have deep shame and guilt over. Let me tell you, there is nothing you can do that God can't forgive you for. If you ask him, he will forgive you. On a daily basis, we come to him and ask for forgiveness. We constantly need his grace and for him to come into that space and renew us. But there is some, some of you here may be thinking, if only you knew, if only you knew what I've done, it's not even worthy. I'm not worthy of that kind of love. You are. God chose you and he has a message for you today. He wants you to forgive you. He wants you to accept his forgiveness because God is not the kind of God that says, I'll forgive it, but I'm not going to forget. No. It says that God removes our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. He removes it as well. He is faithful and just when we confess our sins to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. Today, humble yourself, repent, confess, and ask God to forgive you, and he will. God forgives absolutely and completely. And if you cannot receive the gift of God's forgiveness and move through the process, there's a process of forgiving yourself, we are actually saying, possibly saying, God, we have a higher standard of forgiveness in you. But God is saying, no, I have forgiven you. I have forgiven you. So allow God to walk you through the process and the freeing journey of being forgiven and found in his unconditional love. Because God loves us, he chose us and has created us to know him and be with him forever. So many have said that we have a God-shaped void in our heart that cannot be filled by anything else by God. And nothing in our flawed and broken world can bring fulfillment. And that is why I think we see such a hunger and a thirst and a craving in our world for meaning. As we look for some way to fill up that ache in that hole outside of God. And you know what? The enemy takes full advantage of this vulnerability. He makes us believe that our bank accounts will fill that void. Our own self-improvement will fill that void. Our comfort will fill the void. Relationships, having a family, that perfect job, the next season, our beauty, the gift goes on and on and on. The list just doesn't stop. And when these things don't fulfill us, we look to the next thing, then the next 
next thing. And we can easily turn to other things to fulfill us instead of looking to God himself to be the only one to bring that place of fulfillment in our lives. And even really good things we can be looking through that are gifts from God, but it's not looking to him and his presence alone. And it will lead us to a gnawing loneliness, dissatisfaction, and pain. We can then begin to numb the pain and longing instead of surrendering the pain and the longing. We can even choose to numb our spirits and become sleepy, apathetic, lethargic towards the hunger for God's presence, being caught in the snare of pleasure and comfort in a world that will lead us there. And at some point, to a painful realization, we will be left wanting. No one can ever bring complete fulfillment to your heart and life but God. God made us in his own image to be in relationship with him, and God wants to reveal this fresh to you today, for you have been brought close to God, the only God through his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and because of Jesus Christ dying and rising again and taking on the, all of our sin on him to make an atonement for our sin, we have VIP access to the very throne room and presence of God, and to be called children of God. Today, I don't want to assume that everyone knows how to get close to God. You may be asking, how do I know God? What do I do? Well, we first start by praying, spending time with him. That's talking to him, spending time with him, pouring ourselves into the word of God. It's the truth. The word of God is the truth. No matter what we feel, think, whatever it may be, the word of God is the truth. That's why it anchors us. Worship him. Listen to him. Be in church, living in community, as we see him and others that challenge and encourage us. Ask him today to reveal his love to you. God loves you. Say that again. God loves me. God loves me. He always has, and he always will. It's so profound to know that God loved you before you were born. God has always loved you when you feel unloved and you feel insignificant God loved you. In the womb of your mother, God loved you. God loves you now. He always has and he always will. I love John 12 that it reads this. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I love that word, in my father's house. We are invited to the most epic house of all, the father's house. And if it's the father's house, that means we are the children. And we get to go into the father's house the door is open, the table is set, and there is a chair with your name on it. You have been invited, you're chosen, he loves you, he wants you in his house. Now, as soon as my children, I found out I was pregnant, my heart just made room for them immediately when I found out that we were gonna have our firstborn and then my second. Right away, there was room in my heart for them. Now, my oldest is 18, my youngest is 15, and through their growing up years, never, in their lives, have they woken up and said, please, mom, please, what can I do for you to be my mom? How can I earn your love and be good enough for you to be my mom? Please, can you, make, can you be my mom? Can you make me your daughter? We would think that's absurd. When you think of your own family, that just feels absurd that we would beg for that, please be my mom. Please love me that way. When she was born, when they were both born, they just were part of me. It was their inheritance, their birthright, the inheritances they had. And they did not buy it. They didn't earn it. They didn't have to wait to be good enough. They did not have to strive or strain. 
They just were. The moment I knew of them, they had a forever place in our family. And if we, being broken and sinful and flawed, can understand that analogy, how much more does God love us? How much more can we be secure in our birthright and inheritance in him? We are his. He is our father. Our bond as parents is flawed and temporary and very broken. But God's, our eternal father, is immovable, unbreakable, sealed, signed, and delivered for all of eternity. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor their height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.38, we are his children and hold the birthright of being his children to walk in authority. We can have salvation assurance, purpose, and significance that comes from being part of his family. In particular, the New Testament speaks over and over about the love of God. It also speaks about the assurance of that love and our salvation. For it is based on the finished, complete work of the cross. The absolute, most powerful, loving act of our Father God. Some of us may have a fear that we get to heaven. There's going to be a big trap door that's going to open up and we're going to fall right through it. We weren't good enough. We didn't measure up. Did we really get it? Does he really love us? Is this really true? I just didn't make the cut. I right now want to speak against that lie. God's love for you is eternal. It's a binding, bonding, covenantal love. Nothing that we even can compare to on this earth because we're so flawed and broken, he is perfect in all of his ways. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. When you accepted Jesus and the gift of his life into your heart to serve and follow him, you came into an eternal binding covenant that your assurance of salvation is there. You can stand on the rock of God. He is the immovable rock. God doesn't shake his head in disappointment or disgust. He will stay true to our promise. And when we find this love, when we have that revelation of God's love, we cannot help but share it with those around us. We become infused with a passion because we know the hope of the world. Church, God has chosen you because he loves you. And Jesus' own words testify of the keeping power of God and this assurance of salvation. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. That's John 10, 29. There's a beautiful song I've asked Carrie to sing today called Dear God. And this song is so meaningful and so relatable because this is exactly what this message hovers around. And we all are experiencing this in different ways, different seasons, at different times. That we struggle and the strive and the fight to feel worthy. Wanting God to be proud of us. 
wanting to be accepted, wanting to think, do you really see me in the midst of my pain? Do you really love me, God? Do you, are you here? I hope this song, as, it, as Carrie sings, it will just minister to your heart as you open your spirit to say, God, today I want a fresh revelation of how much you love me. Thank you. 